0: Hey, hey, this is Donna Price. Welcome to Visionary Womenpreneurs Radio, where we interview visionary women making a difference in the world. Womenpreneurs that have a vision bigger than just themselves that are impacting their families, their communities, and the world at large. At Visionary Womenpreneurs, we bring women together to connect, collaborate, and celebrate, and make a difference. We focus on womenpreneurs that are impacting the world in six big ways, ending poverty, empowering women, increasing and improving education and access to education, girls and youth empowerment, the environment and climate change, and entrepreneurship. I welcome you to Visionary Womenpreneurs Radio and hope that you find the different women that we interview inspiring And that you take action to change your world. Hey, hey, this is Donna Price with Visionary Womenpreneurs Radio. Thank you for joining me today. Today, I have an incredible guest, Heather Dominic. She is a woman who is impressively successful and highly spiritual, a former high school drama teacher who collaborated with none other than Bette Midler, a graduate of NYU, where she received her first coach training. Heather is the winner of the 2015 Best of Manhattan Coaching Award and creator of the 2014 Stevie Award-winning virtual event, A Course in Business Miracles 21-Day Discovery Series, that attracted close to 6,000 official registrants from all over the world, including Iceland, Nigeria, Russia, Asia, South America, Australia, Europe, and the US. She has appeared on Lifetime Television and has been published in numerous books, including Stepping Stones to Success alongside Deepak Chopra. She's an exceptional facilitator and teacher and is known for creating a safe, sacred community for true transformation whether she is teaching a Business Miracles class, delivering training online or in person, or mentoring members of her Business Miracles community in her various mentoring programs. She has helped thousands of highly sensitive entrepreneurs release lifelong limiting beliefs, overcome fears, and learn how to build their business in a way that actually feels so good they can't help but create solid, sustainable, high-level financial success. She's also the founder and leader of the highly sensitive entrepreneur movement. Join me in welcoming Heather Dominic to the show. Heather, welcome to the show. I'm so glad to have you here from New York City talking to us today. So thank
1: you. So much. Thank you, Donna. So happy to be here with you.
0: I am excited to talk with you about your programs and the work that you're doing, and I think that the timing is also perfect
1: <laughs> <I agree. laughs> with this
0: state of the world that we have right now. And um, so today we're talking about highly sensitive leadership, and I wanted to just start off with what it means to be a highly sensitive leader and then kind of come back to what
1: your story is. So Fantastic. Wonderful. Yes. Well, I think probably first and foremost is to talk about the phrase, highly sensitive. So that's not a phrase that's coined by me. It's actually a psychological term. And the psychologist and researcher, Dr. Elaine Aaron, is really most known for bringing the aspect of what it means to be highly sensitive to more of the mainstream and so in very very short um what highly sensitive means is first of all that it's how you were born into the world so it is biological and basically that your nervous system if you're a person who's highly sensitive your nervous system is wired to take in stimulation at a much higher degree than someone who's not highly sensitive And that stimulation can be anything from sights, sound, smells, touch, feelings, and, excuse me, information. And so that then therefore impacts how a highly sensitive person processes and how it is that they then therefore interact and experience the world. And where my work comes in is that being highly sensitive if it's something that you are unaware of, then it can really end up working against you because Dr. Aaron's research shows that there's 20% of us who are born into the world highly sensitive. So that means that the majority of the world is designed for those who are not highly sensitive. So again, if it's something that you're unaware of, it can feel like a real detriment. It can feel like you're the odd one out. But if it is something that you're aware of, and something that you are really um, experienced in terms of honing it uh, and using it uh, for your benefit, then it really provides you with this unique set of strengths, which then provides you with a unique ability to lead. And again, that's where my work comes in, in the highly sensitive leadership. Cool, so are you
0: a highly sensitive leader?
1: Oh, I sure am. <laughs> yes. I think, yes. I,
0: live, I think I live with one. Um, but <laughs> I don't know if I am, but I, think I live with one. So how did you know you were one?
1: Yeah, well, really, it, it, it was a turning point at about 10 years ago now. So just a little bit about my background is, first of all, I've been self-employed for 17 years now. And before that, I was actually a high school teacher. I was a high school drama and English teacher. And the first few years of being self-employed, I didn't know that I was highly sensitive. And so I was really working like really, really hard in my business and it brought me to this breaking point and definitely what I refer to as a dark night of the soul. And through that dark night where I really just went into some very, very deep inquiry. And one of the main things I was questioning is like, oh my gosh, like if, if this is what it takes to, you know, create a uh, success as a person who's self-employed, I just don't know if I'm cut out for this. And that led me to uh, connect with Dr. Aaron. And through that connection, learned that I was highly sensitive and that changed my perspective on everything. And it really shifted the way that I started to show up in my business and in all aspects, marketing, selling, operations. And then therefore the, the phase to follow was how it is that I was leading uh, within my team within the members of the mentoring programs that I serve, but also really just within my relationship, my marriage, uh, and, and my life and, and world at large. Wow.
0: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit more about some of the specifics of how that like impacts, being highly sensitive impacts those different kinds of um, places where people show up. Yes,
1: personal yes. relationships, their team relationships, things like right. that. Absolutely. Well, I think this really then reflects back to what I was sharing initially of whether you are aware or unaware of the fact that you're highly sensitive and whether your highly sensitive nature has been honed, or I also like to say trained, right? And what that really reflects back to is, first of all, Dr. Aaron's work wasn't happening until the 90s. And so most of us did not grow up with an awareness that we were highly sensitive. But again, most likely we had an experience of being different. And then therefore, we equated that difference with being wrong. Or if not wrong, then not enough. Or if not enough, then just plain old weird. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and so again if that's gone untrained then it can really work against you and this is where I've developed what I refer to as 12 top highly sensitive shadows and 12 top highly sensitive strengths so let me just speak to just a few of them again if you tend to experience your highly sensitive nature more from a shadow perspective then most likely you spend a lot of time feeling very overwhelmed Now, we're all overwhelmed these days, understandably, but this is an overwhelm that is experienced at a different level because, again, we go back to the definition of highly sensitive, which is how your nervous system interprets stimulation. So if stimulation is happening at a higher degree, then you're having an experience of being overwhelmed, maybe just by, say, a loud noise. Or someone who's not highly sensitive is aware of the loud noise, but it's not impacting them in terms of their nervous system feeling overstimulated. So a shadow is definitely overwhelmed. That can then also lead to shadows like being overprotective um, of yourself, of others, being over responsible for the feelings of others often getting caught in analysis paralysis and perfectionism. Those are just a few of the shadows. Now, if you, again, are really able to hone your highly sensitive nature, to really be able to train it to work for you, then you really have access to some significant strengths, such as, for example, empathy is very, very significant for those of us who are highly sensitive, intuition, we also have the strengths of being very deep thinking, deep feeling, um, and you know a real uh, deep sense of justice. Uh, we also are very conscientious. And perhaps even as you're kind of listening to this list, you can start to see, wow, okay, if those strengths are again really honed and used purposefully, that really positions a person to be a very significant and effective leader, again, whether that be, you know, as an entrepreneur or within an organization or even within one's own family. And that leadership, as you had mentioned earlier, Donna, is something that I see is very, very much needed in the world right now.
0: Definitely. Well, as you're talking about, especially on the side of the strengths of empathy um intuition you know some of those things in leadership are very powerful um characteristics or traits or I don't know what the right word is there um to have as a leader and um I could see how they could impact like if you're tuned into them and using them
1: yes
0: but if those also then affect the overwhelm like if you don't figure out how to like prevent the overwhelm if you're empathetic and you're taking in all this energy from other people and empathizing like that could be overwhelming and you feel responsible for that
1: that's right exactly you So then,
0: like, that could be disabling, I would think.
1: Very much. Very, very much. So, again, that's so much of where my work comes in. And the training and mentoring programs that I offer are really about tools and teachings and trainings to really be able to master almost like the attunement of your nervous system, and be able to really proactively be working with it so that you can be in more of the strength side of the spectrum the majority of the time.
0: Cool. So, I mean, those seem like some of the greatest challenges to being highly sensitive. Are there other ones that we should talk about that we missed there?
1: Well, that's a great question. I think in addition to the shadows that i've mentioned is also what i refer to as coping mechanisms and also the highly sensitive coping cycle and so the coping mechanisms are are really exactly as they sound is that they're mechanisms that have been developed over the years as a way to cope with your highly sensitive nature again being that 20 percent in the face of 80%. And so I've identified what I refer to as three primary coping mechanisms. There's a coping mechanism of pushing, there's a coping mechanism of hiding, and the coping mechanism of combo clattering. So very quickly, uh, if you are a pusher, which I absolutely will out myself as a recovering (laughs) Um, then the way that you learn to cope with your uh, highly sensitive nature is that you pushed yourself. You pushed yourself to an extreme to be able to create or accomplish what the other 80% can create or accomplish. The difference is that the impact of that creation is often very negative and at a very high degree often shows up in the form of health issues, um, also relationship issues. So it comes at a high cost. And then if you tend to be more towards the coping mechanism of hiding, then you're the person who you have lots of great ideas. You're really utilizing your highly sensitive strength of being visionary. But at the end of the day, there hasn't been a lot of creation. There's been a lot of avoidance, most likely. And then what I refer to as combo clattering is you can tend to vacillate back and forth between the two. And that's kind of what I refer to as highly sensitive insanity. <laughs> like you just feel like you're kind of going crazy <laughs> from pushing and hiding and pushing and hiding. And so probably again, just listening, anyone can hear, that's not really helpful. When yep, it comes it doesn't to sound like it. <laughs> so coping as a highly sensitive, absolutely, and that's that's understandable and it's again a to the untrained system, a, a healthy way to get by, right? To be able to cope. If we are interested in excelling and specifically in regards to leading in one's business, one's role, one's career, one's life, then we have to be able to shift from coping into creating. Okay, so how do you make that shift? Right, so that is, again, where so much of my work comes in, but we can start just with the coping cycle. So very briefly, the coping cycle is basically a way to describe what happens when the highly sensitive nervous system is triggered. So your system is triggered, you're thrown into a space of high stimulation, which tends to come with a cascading of emotions, such as fear, anxiety, and then ultimately an experience of lack of safety. And that lack of safety is what then kicks you into the coping mechanism, which the coping mechanism cannot sustain. So then we go into a period of recovery and as part of that soothing to kind of bring the nervous system like back down to like kind of a homeostasis place. And then we kind of, again, fully recover until the next time we're trigger- triggered and around and around we go. Again, not so helpful. So a first step is really just awareness. So even the conversation that you and I are having today, Donna, is is really the beginning of shifting out of an unconscious experience of coping or again, an unconscious experience of the shadows. So you have that first level of awareness and then you can start to work with it. And you can start to move more from awareness into understanding and starting to get a grasp on most likely you know, habitual behaviors and patterns that have, you know, been just occurring, you know, over, over time. Again, just, you know, out of doing what one can to, to best work with what they have. And then you can begin to shift into different ways of operating and beginning to use tools, teachings, trainings, again, such as I offer my mentoring programs to, kind of like get ahead of your nervous system, to really begin to train it to work with you and to start to shift even belief patterns from, oh, kind of the way that I operate isn't weird. It's actually really quite wonderful. And it provides me with a unique perspective on uh, so much in regards to just life or what I have to offer you know, to an organization, to a team, et cetera. And it's a step-by-step process, of course, but it's absolutely a rewarding process as well.
0: It sounds like it. And it sounds, um, I mean, just in general, like beneficial to all of us, whether we're highly sensitive or not, having, working on your inner beliefs that get in, like, I think we all have those beliefs that get in our way that we have to do some work
1: on. Absolutely. Um, And we're also all sensitive, right? We're really talking about a a spectrum. It's not those who are sensitive and those who are not. It's just, again, those who are highly sensitive are kind of working at a bit more of the extreme end of the spectrum. Definitely, definitely.
0: Um, You mentioned your program. So let's give people your website so that I don't forget to do that. What's the best website for people to be in touch with you or, you know, I don't know if social media is a better place for people to be in touch with you.
1: Well, you can go to the website and then you'll see, you know, some, some social media icons to click when you're there. So that website is businessmiracles.com. Businessmiracles.com. Cool. So I encourage people to go
0: to check out Heather's website at business I, um, Like thinking about the work that you're doing with people, it seems like that then impacts their outcomes that they're creating in their business. And um, part of this show, we talk about like how we have that ripple effect on the world going out from one person and you're touching many people. So talk a little bit about how how you see that going out into the world and making a
1: difference. Oh, for sure. Well, I think, again, I'll, I'll reference Dr. Aaron and she really refers to highly sensitives as the royal advisors of the world. Ooh. And, yeah, that we have a role to play to keep balance within society. That, again, as the deep thinkers, as the deep feelers, as those of us who tend to be, you know, very conscientious, That our impact absolutely does have a ripple effect, which is why so much of the work that I do is about the importance of coming to a place where you feel emboldened as a highly sensitive to bring your gifts to the world in whatever form, again, that that's meant to be, whether it's a business or again, a role that you play in an organization or just how you show up right? With your friends, your family, your neighbors. And that instead of being quiet and keeping our thoughts, our beliefs, our perspectives to ourselves, which tends to be a behavior when we're in the shadow aspect of our highly sensitive nature, because we don't want to be, you know, seen as different, right? Instead, to be emboldened, to, to bring that voice your voice into the conversation because again it's really needed to provide a balance to the other 80 percent there needs to be that contribution of a deeper introspection there needs to be that contribution of advisement that is guided by intuition that's guided by empathy that tends to uh, take all into account versus only one or some. And that ripple effect is immense. And one of the things that I like to say is that a highly sensitive leader doesn't need to touch many people in order to have a massive impact because what you have to share is a different perspective is that it is going to resonate more deeply than the same message being heard by so many over and over again. Wow.
0: That sounds powerful. It makes me think of um, just some of the leaders we have in our world in you know roles in nonprofits and movements that... I would think many of them are highly sensitive leaders uh, <laughs> deep yeah. thinkers.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of like a personal game of mine is I like to just personally identify, like, who I think, you know, they're on the, the top, top world stage is highly sensitive, whether they, they know it or not.
0: Right, exactly. That's, I'm doing that right
1: now in my head, going to <laughs> people,
0: <laughs> I don't know that we should name people here, but, you know, I think, um, you know, when you think of, like, big movements that have happened in the world, um, I would think some of those people, perhaps Gandhi or, like, leaders like that, you know, that
1: thought deeply. Yes, yes, yes. And that, again, you know, brings us back to these exceptional times that we are in. And you know, there, there is a reorganization that is happening um, and is very much needed around the planet right now. And as part of that reorganization is the opportunity, as I see it, for the recognition that louder doesn't mean better, um, that brassier doesn't mean uh, more important, but that it's just louder and brassier. And that's what we've been listening to because it was kind of easy. Uh, but it's not necessarily the best. And louder and brassier also doesn't necessarily make the best leadership. Definitely.
0: I would agree with that. So I do, I agree with you. Like during this time in the pandemic, which is when we're recording this show, um, like things have quieted in a way. There's the loud going on if we turn it on but like individually we're all in our homes like connecting with each other that we share houses with in a different way because we're spending so much time
1: together
0: (laughs) but it's also just a quieting up like the whole planet yes because it's not just one community that's dealing with this pandemic it's the entire world and so we are seeing um an opportunity to um kind of rethink how things are like yes. we're seeing pollution levels go down like right. so quickly you Amazing. know it hasn't been that long and you you know like you see pictures and it's like you know you can see the top of everest where you never could see it before kind
1: of thing Amazing. And, i so, know yes so yes
0: it's a time for deep
1: thinkers to right. emerge for sure absolutely it truly truly is one of the worst things that could happen as a result of this pandemic is for us to just to try to go back to how things were as quickly as possible and again this is really where I see the role of highly sensitive leadership being imperative more than ever is to take this opportunity this moment now to step forward and to use your voice and to share what you know to be true, uh, as a person who is highly sensitive, truly I I see that the, the time for highly leader highly sensitive leadership has come. That sounds so incredible. So we encourage
0: people like as we're as you're listening to the show to think about yourself, I guess. And it, you said it starts with that awareness and kind of connecting with the message that Heather has and then finding that way to step forward.
1: Yes, that's right, that's right. And through that awareness to just ask yourself, like, wow, if I'm resonating with what I'm hearing, you know, what would I choose to do? What would I like to choose to do? I can kind of keep going just as I would have been Right, coping my way through, or do I choose to use this gift, these traits that I've been given, uh, in a way that can be in the form of contribution?
0: Do you find that um, that there's like daily practices that help a person to kind of stay on those? I think the twelve positive. Like to not yeah. go into that overwhelm and over responsible yeah. because you could certainly, in this time,
1: like, go there easily. Oh my God, <laughs> so easily. Of course, yes, absolutely. Well, this really speaks to just, you know, like the primary foundation of what I teach, and I refer to it as energy management. And specific tools that I teach that I do really recommend are consistent core practices. And so definitely for myself for, for years now, um, and, and so many that I mentor have really, you know, come into a place of core practice of, of managing your energy. And uh, I'm, I'm a real fan of calling on kinesthetic learning as part of energy management, putting pen to paper. You, you, you can definitely get value from you know, using keyboard or you can definitely get value from a practice such as meditation. And I find that when it really comes to managing your energy, that again, that kinesthetic activation is, is really powerful. So some of the different tools that I teach are really just to, I like to say, kind of like prepave the energy or kind of get ahead of the nervous system. So ways that you can set the tone for your day or energy management that you can use before going into, say, a big project, you know, or a meeting um, or, you know, a a place where you you recognize like, oh, you know what, this is a place where I've been triggered, you know, in the past. So let me kind of get ahead of it um, and be proactive. And then that's a way that you can stay out of those shadows of overwhelm definitely stay out of the shadow of overprotection and also that shadow of over-responsibility that we talked about before.
0: Well, it seems like if you have those tools kind of in your toolbox, then when you are getting triggered, you also have kind of a resource to go back on. So you can identify like, that's right. That's right. This is going to trigger me or this is triggering me. Like how do
1: I almost protect myself or, exactly exactly that's just everything that i teach and mentor on and it's really about you know that the the process of transformation um again whether it's that proactive or even when in hindsight you go back to the tools and then it really does bring you into this whole new way of operating and interacting with the world you know i just feel so incredibly, uh, blessed, grateful, not only for this experience for myself, but I get to witness this, um, you know, for so many, um, highly sensitive leaders, uh, people who are in our mentoring programs are literally from around the world and to see someone who like, um, Uh, Just this morning, I, it was on our forum and I, and so this is what's coming to mind. So one gal who is a naturopath and she owns a clinic in Hawaii and she just listed out like like all of these, you know, like amazing things that she had done, like signed on uh, for a new lease, um, you know, for a new location for the clinic, um, had new technology installed and, you know, one, all of this is happening in the midst of a pandemic. To what I know of this woman, she never would have done this three years ago. So it's just so cool to be able to see, you know, the, again, the transformation, right? The, the evolution and what can happen when a highly sensitive does really choose to engage in a training of their nervous system and to step into to leadership it's, it's really, you know, it's remarkable. It's incredible. And the impact, again, going back to that ripple effect. Yeah. Yeah. Right. This, this clinic that's happening like in, in Hawaii and oh my gosh, like just so many people that are going to be positively impacted. It's heartwarming.
0: Definitely. Definitely. I would also imagine that it's um, like, it's a process that you're working with people through and it's not like a one-time fix. It's like a process that you continue to work on. Is that
1: true or? Yes. Yes. Are we, are, are we connected?
0: Yes, we are. Like, there was a little bit of a delay there for a second, but
1: <laughs> yes, exactly. I, saw you, I saw you freeze. So I just wanted to make sure. Um, so yes, absolutely a process. Um, and never a one and done. You know, true transformation truly is a process. Um, and, you know, but the, the commitment then creates the significant rewards right so it's so much of a process that um you know i i no longer offer any type of training or mentoring program that's less than a year because that's that's at least you know what's needed and if you just think of like wow you know okay i haven't really been you know tuned into how i can have my nervous system working for me that's not something that's really necessarily going to happen overnight It's really something that you're going to want to give the space for and prioritize for yourself because it's going to make everything uh, in your life and your experience so much better. So the payoff is, you know, a thousand times worth it.
0: Yeah. Well, I think that's true of so many things. People want that kind of instant, you know, we've got all this high speed stuff now, but it's a process. Yeah. And so in any coaching, mentoring program, like a year should be like the minimum for everybody, really, because
1: right. Yeah. You walk
0: away after 30 days and you're going to be like, well, that didn't work. Well, no, <laughs> it right. didn't work. 30 okay. days isn't long enough to change behavior patterns or, you know, to really get
1: solid in new skills. You know? Exactly, exactly. You know, or even if there is a change or that experience that you've experienced in 30 days, then most likely you'll end up rubber banding back, right? Because we are creatures of habit. So we've all experienced that in some shape or form or another. I always like to just compare it down to like the, the physical example that we can all relate to. It's like, you know, you don't just go to a gym for one day, right? You don't go to a gym and like lift a few weights and then look in the mirror and go, wow, nothing happened, (laughs) right? It's like, you you know, and you go back again and again and again, and you keep going back because you recognize, oh, this is for, you know, the ongoing, you know, maintenance, you know, of my physical well-being. Well, the same goes for anything that is internal transformation as well. Definitely.
0: I think that's a great metaphor that, you know, it's, it's your health and wellness, the, not just your physical, you know, so the gym is your physical, and that's a lifelong process, at least for me, um, yes. and probably for everybody else, too, <laughs>
1: yeah, for sure, for sure. Yes.
0: So it's a journey, and the journey, I always think is, you know, it's worth, you know, it's worth the work that you put into a journey,
1: of course, absolutely, yeah, uh, it's, it's not about, you know, the, the end game, but, you know, to, to be in the experience uh, every step of the way. The process is the goal.
0: Yeah, definitely. I, was, I did an Outward Bound course years ago, and we were backpacking in Joshua Tree. And I was with these young men who just wanted to get to the destination. It was all about the destination. And they were mad at us for walking slowly. And it was a year where they'd had more rain. So there was all these little flowers that the leaders were like, we haven't seen those flowers in years. So we're like walking around going, oh, look at that flower, oh, look at that flower. And the day after that, I was the leader of the day and they had complained that we were walking so slow. So that day I walked, like we just hiked really fast, climbed mountains and got lost and got to camp and they all laid down on the sand. And we're exhausted, and they they were like, "You can you can actually hike fast." And I was like, "Yeah, I can," but that's not the point. <laughs> they we're like, "Oh, now we get it."
1: <laughs> it's that's like yeah,
0: it's about the journey. You
1: know? Yeah, that is a great story. I so appreciate that because I feel like in so many ways that really does describe like highly sensitive leadership, right? Is that you know you can kind of like plow your way through or you can actually pay attention, you know, to the flowers uh, along the way and maybe not be so exhausted. Yeah.
0: And you're going to discover things that you won't discover if you just go for the end, the end destination. So. Exactly. exactly. Well, I am so glad to have met you and talked with you about this. And I'm excited about the work that you're doing and appreciate you coming on the show
1: today. Thank you so much. I've so enjoyed our conversation. Thank you for the time the opportunity.
0: Definitely. I want to remind people to get in touch with Heather at businessmiracles.com, right? Yes, that's and
1: right.
0: The link will be in the show notes. And I encourage people to go and look at her programs and the work that she's doing and connect with her on all of her social media as well. So.
1: Thank you so much, Donna. Thank you.
0: Yeah, thank you. Thanks for joining me today at Visionary Women Preneurs Radio. I hope it was helpful to you in your journey as a visionary woman preneur. And I hope that you'll join our community on Facebook, Visionary Womenpreneurs, and join the conversation. I look forward to seeing you on our next show. Make it a great day.